The following podcast is a presentation of Liberty Christian Fellowship, loving God and loving people in a hurting world. For more information about our church, visit us online at libertyobx.com. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates and encouragement. We hope this message inspires you and blesses you. Now prepare your hearts to hear a powerful word from God. God bless. You know, I, um, I told some people I'd stumbled into this place a number of years ago. And um, when I came through the door in the back, uh, it was kind of like the love of the Lord just sort of hit me in the face. And, and it was just home. And the privilege I've had to be here to serve as a pastor and, and now as a support pastor, retired pastor, wayward pastor, whatever it is I am now, uh, it is just, I don't even know how to tell you, it's just an incredible blessing. And uh, I, over the years, as I've related to this church, it's a church here that, like any other church, has its flaws. And uh, like any other leadership group, we have flaws. But the thing that has spoken so deeply to my spirit is the anointing of God on this calling together of this family down here called Liberty. And uh, to serve here is an incredible privilege in whatever capacity, whether you happen to be a pastor, an elder, or one of the folks who offer themselves in service as you are here by being here this morning and contributing to the life of the church. It really is a privilege um, to, to be able to come together and try to hear God together and to serve God together. So anyway, I want to thank you for that so much. And I know BJ, my wife will appreciate the prayers and the concern. Thank you so very much. You guys are good to me. Um, we're excited about going next door after the service, eating food and celebrating what God has done over there with the cabins. Uh, years ago, uh, I had never done any youth ministry whatsoever. And, um, I was pastoring the church I was about 35, 36 years old. Uh, I had just come into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and was beginning to discover what it meant really uh, to have a father and to try to walk in such a way as to be pleasing to that father. When I got invited down to uh, St. Simon's Island to um, be the youth leader for family camp, and uh, it was just a different experience for me because there's just never been involved in it. And uh, down there, when I was ministering with these 50, 55 or so kids, uh, one afternoon I was late to the meeting and I went into the meeting there. And as I went through the door where the meeting was with the kids, the power of God hit me and I couldn't go any place but down to my knees. And when I, I looked around, there were kids all over the floor in there just receiving the love of the Lord being ministered to under the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it just so radically changed my life. And uh, it was born out of that experience that uh, we started our youth camps. And we've been running youth camps for over 30 years now. And so to be able to be a part of a church where a vision for the camp next door has been held by some people for over 35, 40 years believing God that that property across the street over here would be a place where children would come and play, 
where kids would be converted, brought into the relationship with the Heavenly Father, and where they would know the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their lives so that they would be equipped and empowered for the journey that God was calling them to, to be able to be here and be a part of that and see so many of you and others who I don't see right now who have contributed to and sown in to this being a possibility over here next door. Uh, It's amazing to me. And to be a part of dedicating these cabins, one in particular, and to celebrate what God not only has done, but what God's going to do is something that I'm excited about inviting all of you to be a part of. And we'll even give you chicken and barbecue to do it, Uh, providing providing the ones who said that they were bringing it or showing up. And uh, Scott, you'll check, make sure that they will show up with the food, won't you? Yeah, uh uh-huh. They're working on it right now. So you can be at ease. Uh, The food's there. We certainly encourage you to stay, be fed, and and be a part of what we're going to be doing next door. Um, Some thoughts. I know I've got a few minutes with you here. Uh, Scott and I had a talk last night, brief, and then we talked again this morning briefly. Um, Some about his role here as lead pastor, and some about my role having been lead pastor here, and about where we are in our walk with the Lord. And I, I want to echo some of that for you this morning, both in terms of the vision uh, for the life of this body and this whole area that we believe God's calling us to, and also to give you a little peek inside our relationship, mine and Scott's. We, we are, it's, it's unusual here in, in, in any church, but here in particular, to have a transition from an old guy to a young guy in terms of the switching. It's not unusual to get rid of the old guy and bring in a new guy and a young guy, but it's as unusual when you trade out the old guy, get a young guy, and it works. Uh, But what uh, we are working with here, Scott and I, in terms of our love, is that um, we have some real deep similarities in in terms of who we are and how we see church and, and how we see people and how we love the Lord. And as a part of moving into some discussion about vision for the life of this body, I just want to say a couple of things about that. Obviously, I've known Scott since he was born. (laughs) I also know him from the time that he was playing with Star Wars stuff to the time he met his wife down in Georgia to the time they started having children to the time that he began to hear the call of God in his life about being a worship pastor, to the time that he traveled me on the road for a couple of years doing worship while I was doing some preaching, to the time that he was in Delaware for four years as a worship arts pastor on a church up there, to we brought him down here as our executive pastor, to the time he stepped in as the lead pastor a few years ago. So obviously I know something about him. And I wanted to say this to you as a congregation. I remember the first Sunday that I preached here after the church went through a transition when Wally left. This is what I said to the congregation. I said, we have an identity in God. We are his people. But we are called for an expression of his heart. And somehow we have to remember we are his It's about the kingdom, not about liberty. Liberty is an expression of the kingdom, but it's really about the kingdom. But he uses this house 
as an expression of his kingdom. But we are a peculiar kind of kingdom people here in that we are a charismatic fellowship in the sense that we believe in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe that there's a prayer language, a tongue that's available to any person that's a believer. Everybody doesn't have to do that, but hey, you can if you want to, and uh, that we don't apologize for that position. Nor do we run around as a bunch of crazy people snatching folks up doing weird things. <laughs> However, as I've told the folks many times before, if you buy a pair of tennis shoes, the tongues come with them. You can <laughs> cut them out if you want to. You can not use them if you want to, but they just come with the deal. Now, I'm not saying that really honestly to try to be funny or to make anybody hot about that. I'm just saying, listen, this is a unique expression of the kingdom of God in this place. And the love of God is the driving force for what God is doing in this place. We're not stuck on doctrine over people. We're stuck on people over doctrine. We're not stuck on program over people. We're stuck on people over program. We're stuck on Jesus. We're stuck on the Father. And we're stuck on the Holy Spirit. We absolutely believe that the Godhead has positioned us to love one another in such a way as to have it life transforming for anybody that shows up in this house. And I want to say a couple of things to you about vision. I wish I had a couple of hours. I don't, but I do want to say this to you. You can find any variety of church here on the Outer Banks. Uh, and many of them are great churches. Most of them are great churches. That's not the issue. The issue is, what's God saying to you about where he's calling you to be? And if God's spoken to you about being a part of this fellowship, then I, I just want you to understand, you are a part of a fellowship that is loving, that is caring, that God is called to do great things. I believe that with every fiber of my being. At the same time, we are a church that believes in worship, extended worship at times. We believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the miraculous. We believe in folks getting healed and delivered. We really do believe that the whole of who God is wants to be released in the life of the body here. That's just where we are. Uh, at the same time, if you can find some other place that loves you more than we love you here, you might want to check it out. But you are absolutely in a place where the love of God is going to be the driving force of where this church is going. And I just want to thank you for being here and being a part of that. Now, vision. Vision is important. Because if you don't have vision, that means you can't see. If you're driving down the road, you need to be able to see. Particularly if you're going down the highway and something's coming at you. You need to be able to see. The word to see in Scripture there means to apprehend, to take hold of as real. Take it unto yourself. That means if you're driving down the road, you see something coming at you. You see it. That means you identify it. You identify it. It's a car. And because you see it and you know it's a car, you've determined I ain't getting in the other lane right now. Because that thing I see is a car and it will hurt me. Scripture says that the people of God are to be people of great visions, great dreams. When they're young, when they are older, and when they are old, 
from the time you are birthed to the time you stand before the throne of grace, the people of God are to be a people of great dreams and great visions. This fellowship here is the right now at this one and in this season of its life is the result of somebody's vision. It's a result of many people getting before God and praying and believe God for this kind of fellowship to exist here. You are here this morning as the end result of somebody's vision, believing God for this house. That camp next door, it is the end result at this season, though there's more to it than what we see, of vision that has been held for people and by people for years. From the time they took a, a road grader in there and made a road to the time they walked through there and killed moccasins and walked through the swamp just to, to make place for people. It was the unfolding of vision. Three things about vision. You need to get one. If you ain't got one, you need to get one. And the place you get a vision is with your father. You don't get it from Fox News. Don't get it from the newspaper or prime interest rate. You get your vision from God. Vision with God means that you are seeing what God sees. And God wants you to see what he sees. He invites you into relationship so that you can see what he sees. What he sees about you, what he sees about what's around you, what, what he sees for you now and in the future. That's the vision that God has for you. When you look at Abraham, just taking Isaac on up to Mount Moriah, when he's up there and God saves his son, really delivers his son back to him, at least through the mind of Abraham. When he comes down from Mount Moriah, he names the place God who is our provider, Jehovah Jireh, God who is our provision. And before we came out here today, Scott mentioned to me, he said, Daddy, you do know that provision is a compound word. I said, no, I didn't think about it much. I did flunk that course. But he said, provision means for the vision. So when we talk about God being our provision, we're talking about God being for the vision he's given us. So that if we receive vision from God, God's for that vision, which means he commits himself to that vision. And we can look around this church and over there and see that God is faithful. God is faithful. And he's given us a vision. He is our faithful God. And he is our provision. So whatever it is that we hear God and see that God has for us to do, we don't have to sit around and worry about whether we're going to make it or not. He is our provision, and we watched him provide over and over again. Get a vision. Seek God. See what he says to you about your life, about your children, about what he's calling you to in terms of your walk, what he's calling you to in terms of ministry. What has God got for you? Because you are unique and special. There's not another person like you in the whole world. You are the only one of you that God made. And he has a vision for you and a plan for your life. So seek God and get that vision. And then come in agreement with his vision. And then you have a God who is for that vision. Not only do you need to get a vision, but you need to be willing. You need to be willing to hold on to it because there's a whole world out there that wants to take it away from you. 
There's a whole world out there that will tell you you can't do it. You can't make it. There were a lot of people who said, don't build those cabins. You can't make them that nice and then not get abused in some fashion. Don't build it like that. But this is what God said. And God will provide. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I don't know what your vision is. I don't know what God's got for you, but I'll tell you this. When you get your vision and start to walk it out, you'll be like Moses getting the, the, the children out of Egypt heading to the promised land. And the first thing you do is run into a river you can't cross. And even when you cross it, there are giants in the land. But if you've got a vision from God, you've got a God that's going to go before you and prepare the way. There's a God that's going to confront the giants as you are yourself willing to confront the giants. One of the things that I like so much uh, about David, when Goliath came up and Goliath looked at the people, every time the army of Israel would run, every time Goliath would come up and scream, the whole army ran. But when David came down there, Goliath is saying, somebody in there is going to have to come fight me. You fight me, I win, you submit to me. You win, I submit to you, but you will fight me, somebody. But when David came out there with a slingshot, Scripture says he ran, ran to the giant. We will face giants. You will face giants. Whatever vision God gives you, you're going to face them. But you run to them because your God is bigger than anything you're going to face. The enemy of your soul has no right to your vision. It came from him. Don't give it away. Don't let it be taken away. You run and confront whatever is the stumbling block and believe that your God is faithful. And he is your provision. Okay? I'm going to run through some quick scriptures. Stay with me now. You're good people. When Gabriel came to see young Mary... And to say to her, you are highly favored, and God's got a deal for you. You're going to have a son. He's going to be the Holy One. Call his name Jesus. And she's a virgin. Bells are going off. Something in there is saying, I don't know how this can happen. So finally, in the conversation, that's exactly what she says. How can this happen since I am a virgin? And that's when Gabriel simply says to her, listen to me, the Holy Spirit is going to empower you. And the Holy One of God, the power of God, the empowerment of God is going to overshadow you and enable you, equip you. Listen, that's some vision. I'm going to have a baby and I'm a virgin. This is weird. But the Holy One, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of God, that's coming on you, and you're going to have a child. Hear me now. Whatever vision God gives you, if it's from Him, the empowerment of God is given to that vision. It's not dependent on your talent. It's not dependent on your strength. It's not dependent on how bright you are. If He's given it to you, He's going to provide the power and the strength in order for you to walk it out. That's just the kind of God we got. Amen. Simeon, 
Simeon in Luke 2. Simeon was a man to whom a vision had been given. And the vision that Simeon was given was, you will not die before you see the salvation of Israel. You will not die until you see the consolation and the redemption of Israel. He received that word as a vision from God. And the Holy Spirit had planted it in his heart. And, and scripture doesn't tell us how many times Simeon went to the courts, the courtyard at the temple to, to see if anything like this was going to happen. But what we do know is Simeon held this thing in his heart. And as he declared his vision to people around him, I am quite sure there were some people that said, you are stone crazy. You are absolute nuts. You will not hold in your hands. You will not see the redemption of Israel or its consolation. It's not going to happen. But Simeon, in faith, went to the courtyard, went to the temple. And then one day when he went to the temple, after Mary had walked out her vision and carried Jesus in her womb, and he was birthed, and on that eighth day after circumcision, she named him Jesus. And then later, as part of the law, she was to dedicate her firstborn son to God. She and Joseph show up in the temple court with Jesus. And Simeon is there waiting for that vision that he had been given to unfold. And when she takes Jesus and places him in Simeon's arms, Simeon says, Lord, my eyes have seen the salvation of Israel. I'm ready to come home. What that really meant was he held God in his hands. I don't know about you. But that is some vision that unfolds when you get to hold God in your hands. But because of the vision God's given you, given me, given churches like this, given churches all across the Outer Banks, the vision God's given us, there are people all around us holding God in their hearts. Because people like you both received and are now walking out your commitment to Christ Jesus. And you have a heart, not only for your local family, but for others to receive that same Jesus. Imagine some of the people that thought Simeon was nuts are some of the people that should have been glad when he died because that would mean that he had already seen the salvation of Israel. Simeon had a vision. Mary had a vision they both got it from God. They both walked it out. And when they had to face those who didn't believe or face the giants that they faced along the way, they kept going after the vision and obedience. But the thing that enabled them to keep going was the power and person of the Holy Spirit who equipped them to walk it out so that they could embrace that vision. Now, I'm done here, you know, if you're worried about me being long today. And I could spend a long time with you about this because what I'm talking to you about 
is going to be an important issue for you, for me, for this body, for the Outer Banks, and for this nation. This is a season where we need to receive the vision from God. And we need to walk it out in obedience to Him through the power of the Holy Spirit because we are at a crisis time in this nation and in the lives of people in churches all across the land. You and I can't answer for everything that's across the land. But what you and I can do is that we can respond to the vision that God's given us in this place. When I first came here a number of years ago, I was given a stack of prophetic words, prophecies that had been given over this fellowship. Stack of papers this high. And and Scott has those now. I've given them to Scott. I read those prophecies. And in the 10 or 12 years that I've been here, I've watched them unfold. Not all of them, but many of them, I've watched them unfold. But here's one prophetic word that I'm holding in my heart. And I want you to believe me on this, if you will, please. Because I want to see this with my own eyes. One of the prophetic words was a vision that a man had. And that vision was of people lined up coming down Williams Drive. Broken people, people in wheelchairs, people that couldn't see. People people that needed healing. Line of people all the way out on the Collington Road because they were coming to a place of healing, a place of love, a place where they could just be delivered and set free and healed and made whole. I've seen part of that here, but I haven't seen the whole thing. I want you to know I'm believing for the whole thing. And I believe part of that will be kids coming into this camp over here to find their identity, to be set free from the shackles of all kinds of things in our society. I believe that kind of stuff. My prayer is that you will too. That you'll seek God. That you will receive vision from God. That you'll carry it in your heart. That you'll walk it out. That you'll pay the price. That you'll understand that God is our provision. He is for our vision. Because it came from him. I'm 75 years old. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be coming to this place. Talk about this kind of stuff. But I want you to know this. I will carry this stuff with me to the throne room. I believe it with every fiber of my being. My prayer is that you will seek God. You won't be caught up in just doing what you experience or feel in the natural, but that you'll press in to see what God's got for you. That you'll press in to see what he sees. That you'll receive vision for your family for your workplace, for your ministry, for your recreation, that you'll receive vision from God and that you'll receive it, walk it out, and pay the price for it because there is a price to be paid. You all right? Oh, for the day, and I'm about done. Some of you can say, okay, he's into the drugs things now. Oh, for the day. 
when we live as a people where the supernatural becomes natural. Oh, for the day when we so seek his face and embrace his word that that supernatural expression of his kingdom and his healing love and his mercy and his grace change lives, the deliverance of folks around. When that flows through us so that it's just natural, it's just natural to lay hands on folks and watch them get healed, speak a word over them, watch them get delivered, to speak peace to a family and watch it come together. Oh, for that day when we walk in that kind of vision so that that kind of supernatural expression becomes natural for us. It can happen. Because that really is how our Father wants us to live as His children. Okay? All right, listen, that's my heart for you guys. I know I've gone a little bit long, but you guys are special, and I appreciate it so much. I want to pray for you, but I also want to invite you that if you're here today and you have a physical need and you'd like for us to pray for you for healing, I'd like to invite you to come down so we can pray with you and agree with you. We'd like for you, if you would, if you don't know Jesus, uh, if you've never invited him into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior, that is the first, first step on this kind of thing. And then you not only can have a vision for being a child of God, you can just be one. Uh, so we invite you for that. Also invite you to pray for this congregation. There is some amazing stuff happening here. And not everybody sees it, but I'm telling you, there's an amazing move of the Spirit of God in the lives of so many of our people. I want you to pray that in this season, we would not miss what God is saying, that the leadership would hear God and respond in obedience to what he says, that all of us would see obeying God more important than anything else. Okay? So if you can stand with me. Uh, I want to give you that invitation. If you're here and you need healing, you want prayer for it, come on down. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, come on down. Let's get that straight before you leave the house today. And don't forget, when we finish here, the food is over at the picnic shelter. We want you to see the cabins. We want you to stay and be family, have food, enjoy the food, celebrate. And at some point after we get over there, we're going to draw you all together into the amphitheater over there, and we're going to have a prayer time and a dedication. So please, please, if you can, stay with us for the meal and for the dedication of the cabins. We would really, really love for you to do that. We've got enough food to feed all of you and your brothers and sisters. So uh, please stay with us. And listen, after I pray, you can start making your way over to the camp. And when you get there, you just start eating because we're going to pray for the food here. And if you'll just eat and hang out there, then when we get over there, we'll be able to have the dedication together. Is that all right? Okay. So listen, join me in a prayer right now, if you would. And then for those of you who want prayer down here, make your way down here. For those of you who are being released, we invite you to go on over to the picnic grounds. Okay. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for your incredible love that has ministered life to us here. And so we just open ourselves to you right now for your work in us. Lord, we bless the folks who've assembled in the house today that you would meet their needs. And Father, we thank you for those who've gone before us on whose shoulders we stand. 
that we can be here today and celebrate in this place. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. So if you want prayer, come on down. And if you want to make your way over to the uh, picnic area, just, just please do that. But hang out long enough for us to do the dedication for the cabins if you can. <laughs>